An open door policy will not get you what you need to lead. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Welcome. This episode is brought to you by our new book, Courageous Cultures, How to Build Teams of Micro-Innovators, Problem Solvers, and Customer Advocates. It's available for pre-order now anywhere that you would get books. Open-door policies are a good idea. There's nothing wrong with them. The intent behind your open-door policy is great. It's your doors figuratively always open to encourage transparency, open lines of communication, It's a standing invitation for employees to bring you the issues that affect them or their work. That intent is good, but the reality is more complicated. In fact, your open-door policy may even be causing your team more harm than good and limiting your leadership. There are three problems that crop up with open-door policies. The first is if your door is literally always open. And what I mean by always open is that you're constantly interruptible. Constant interruption prevents you from thinking deeply and serving your team in the ways that only you can. And if you allow a constant barrage of got a minute, got a minute, got a minute to obliterate your day, you're not going to be able to take your team anywhere. So an open door policy doesn't mean your door, if you actually have a door, is literally open all of the time. I helped one senior leader overcome this challenge by defining 90 minutes of deep think time in the morning and again in the afternoon, where everyone committed not to interrupt anyone else unless it was an emergency. And they defined what constituted an emergency in their context. That might not work in your setting, but the principle is important. How do you give yourself and your team the space they need to focus if you're constantly interruptible and your team is constantly interrupting one another none of you are performing at as high a level as you're capable of. The second challenge with open-door policies is that you don't get all the information you need. Your people know things you need to know. They can spot problems before those problems spin out of control. They know what irritates your customers. They've already created micro-innovations to be more productive and to better serve your customers. They're your greatest asset, but only if you hear what they have to say. Real problem-solving innovation almost never walks through your open door. Most of the information that's going to walk through your open door are complaints, and there's nothing wrong with this necessarily. You need to be aware of problems, especially any that are creating a hostile workplace. But an open door policy isn't enough. Occasionally, you'll have someone walk through your door with a great idea, and I've had that happen. But most of the great ideas are going to stay locked away in your employees' minds until you go find them. To get the information you need to make the best decisions, you got to go ask for it. Most of your employees, they're busy doing their jobs. They may not even realize that they've got an experience or wisdom that's worth sharing. If they do have insights, they may not believe you're interested in hearing them no matter how many times you talk about your open-door policy. There's a difference between permission and invitation. Permission is passive. Invitation, where you go and ask, that's active. And it signifies you really do want it. 
So take the initiative, seek out the information you need. Regularly ask your team, how are things going? How can you help them to do their job more effectively, to serve their customer, or what's getting in their way? Ask them to teach you how they do their work. The third and final leadership problem with an open door policy is that it puts you in a reactive mode. You're not thinking strategically about what will move your team or the business forward. You're waiting and responding to issues as they come to you. Now, I'm not suggesting that you don't respond to problems that people bring you. Not at all. Rather, if you're leading strategically and you're moving things forward, you're more likely to have surfaced and solved those issues long before they would have surfaced or come up as complaints or distractions. Most employees aren't asked to think strategically in their normal work, so the problems they bring you won't be strategic either. To help your team think strategically, give them the information they need to make strategic decisions. Help them understand how the business makes money, how the business makes an impact, and how their work contributes to the business's bigger picture. You can facilitate only ugly discussions to help find the game-changing opportunities and challenges long before they would walk through your door. Whenever you can, choose active and strategic rather than passive and reactive. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. As you're listening, I hope that you have some leadership or management-related questions that you'd be willing to share that will certainly benefit other folks who are listening today, as well as get you an answer. And I would love to answer those questions. So you can submit them by going to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. And there you'll find a big orange button. You can click that button, record your question, let us know where you're from, and we'll be certain to use that in a future episode. Today's question comes from Mike. David, my question actually relates to an answer to the question from the previous episode where you were talking about what to do if you want leadership training, but you don't want to look bad in front of your team. In your answer to that question, you mentioned that at one point you were supervising a team that was entirely older than you. I'm in a similar situation with a new team, many of whom are older or even more experienced doing the work than I am. And I'm curious if you have any suggestions or strategies in how to lead in that scenario. Thanks in advance. Mike, I appreciate the confident humility in this question. And, you know, this happens, I think, to most leaders at some point. You're not always only going to have teams that are newer than you are. You'll have those two. But especially earlier in your career, it's very possible that you have a team with people who are either older and or more experienced than you are. And so you do need to be able to lead them well. And confident humility really is the core answer to your question. One of the ways to show up with confident humility in this situation is to start with a listening tour. Individually sit down with each team member and ask them a couple of questions. First, what do you think the team is capable of? If we were performing on all cylinders at our very best, what do you think we're capable of doing together? That question helps tap into some natural positivity, even if they've had bad experiences or 
have been limited in their view of things, when you ask that question, it can start to unlock some positive thinking. And it may take them more than in the moment to answer if they haven't thought about it before, but it's worth asking and maintaining that conversation. So after, what do you think we're capable of at our very best? Then ask, what's it going to take for us to get there? And you're doing a couple things here. You are honoring their wisdom, their experience. You're showing up humble in that you're not showing up with all the answers. You're recognizing that they have answers too. Take notes. Write down what you hear. And then question three. As the team leader, what do I need to do from your perspective to make sure that we achieve that level of success? You know, ask sincerely. This question does a couple of things. One is uh, it does have you show up as a human being who's vulnerable, who's in process. It, again, honors their wisdom. But it also establishes you with confidence as the leader of the team and that you have a specific role to play in helping the team to achieve success. And so it's interesting what you'll hear when you ask these kinds of questions. You'll often get a good variety of perspective on, yeah, what the team is capable of, but also what are some of the challenges that they need to surmount? Um, Where is there a need for accountability? Where is there a need for a system to be improved? Things where you can start working on those right away and try to generate some early wins that will help you with your credibility and have people see that you're not a know-it-all. You're not a threat to them or their status. You are there to help the team succeed. And the sooner you can do that, the better off you and your team are. And so asking those questions gives you a good overarching view of what's possible and what it will take. Well, then take all of that information compile it, go back to the team at a team meeting together and say, you know, so I've been talking with everybody and here's what I've heard. I've heard this is what we're capable of. And you can also interject your own thought if you have an idea as well. Maybe you've already known this team or you were a part of the team or however you got that perspective, share yours too. Then share, here's what we said it's going to take for us to get there. And then I heard from all of you, this is what you need from me as the leader of the team. And as you share that final set of answers, try to provide one or two specific ways in which you can take action right away so that you can demonstrate that you did listen, that you are invested in their success, and you are there to help them get where they need to go. As you do that, you're going to bring all of your vision and your skills and everything to the table as well, but you're starting by acknowledging the strength, the wisdom, and the experience that's already there and leveraging it from a leadership perspective to help them get to the next level. Mike, thank you for that great question, and I will look forward to answering your question in a future episode. Remember, your open-door policy can be a foundation for trust, transparency, and communication but there's a danger if you let it make you passive and reactive. Be intentional, be strategic, keep moving forward and going after the information that you need and be the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.